The more we got to know the heart of God, we knew that God cared about justice. He cared about, he cares. He cares about taking care of the weak, the poor, the vulnerable. And these are the people who are typically trafficked. So that's why justice is just so important to us, me and Isaac. And we were, we're you know, really trickling that that heart down to our congregation. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Send City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Send Columbus podcast. My name is Jason Phillips. I am your Columbus CPC, joined here by Chad Grigsby. Chad, welcome back. To Jason, so good to be on the podcast, and I'm so excited to have our guest with us today, fresh out of her teddy bear costume. <laughs> yes, yes. Hannah, truly a teddy bear costume. Hannah Park is with us. I am. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we are we're so, so excited, excited to have you. To have so you. your husband Isaac is the Planter Chroma Church. You guys have been going since COVID? Since COVID, yeah. We gave March birth to our church March of 2020. Yeah. This is going to always be a great story to tell. Great timing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect time mm-hmm. to launch a church. Yeah. So yeah. we're excited to have you here. Yeah. And you guys did, sorry to go back to this, but you guys did online church for a really long time, right? For a very long time. Yeah. We did it for a year. Um, we just started meeting in person um, May of this year. So, um for over a year, we were meeting online. So what did online look like for you guys? I know you did a, a couple different things. So can you tell us a little bit about that? It was very small group-like. Um, outside of that, Isaac and I started um, live streaming through Facebook. Every night. Every night. <laughs> I remember. Yes, starting March 16th. That was the day after we were supposed to meet in person for the first time. So we um, did a, a word of encouragement night every yeah. night from 10 o'clock we started because that's when my back then two-year-old would go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and then we would just worship, um, share a word of encouragement. And we did that every night until I think fall of last year. We said, all right, we're going to do it just twice a week. And then we decreased the frequency. Yeah. From there. And now you're in person. We are, yeah. and it's so good. So good to be in person. All right, so tell us about your teddy bear, though, because that's <laughs> what we started. Event. We started the sh- show with that, and then we never went back to it. So tell us about your life as a teddy bear. Oh, yeah. Um, so Jason has a picture that he's going to show Chad. Okay. It's, you go. Um, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's yeah. like six foot tall, oh, six yeah, foot so five. Uh-huh. Inflated. <laughs> So there is like this much space between me and the costume. Like a foot and a half. Yeah, air coming out. So every time I would take my arms back in to like get a drink of water, because there's space to do everything in there. Um, (laughs) The bear would look like this. (laughs) And then people would be like, is the bear Is the bear bear (laughs) alive? Is the bear? Yeah. Yeah. So the arms would be just, you know, stretched out and just look really tired. But yeah, that's the mascot that we're trying to go for. Nice. Chroma bear. So we rented that costume. It's massive. Um, I actually wanted to be in the costume. That's awesome. (laughs) So I put it on, and the Chroma Bear was just welcoming all the kids at the community event we had at the beginning of this month. And um, it was was more popular than we thought. Mm. Yeah, we didn't know that kids would love a giant bear so much. Mm There's kind of two responses with kids. It's either like, I love this bear, Uh or this bear terrifies me to death. 
Did you have both of those responses or was it mostly love? Mostly love. I did see some kids cry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so massive that I didn't even know that kids were taking pictures with me. I I can't, because it's inflated, I can't feel... Yeah. There. And yeah. then until I saw the pictures later, I was like, oh my goodness, this little kid took pictures. So were you like running over children unbeknownst to you, just <laughs> knocking them down? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was it really hot <laughs> or was it less hot because of the air? The air kept it less hot. Wow. That's yeah. fascinating. Cool. So it's totally doable. We'll probably have it at all our community events. That's cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. And yeah. you guys had 150 people at that event? Yeah, yeah. So the park that we had, the event, is very uh, central to um, the neighborhood, and lots of people were walking around um, during that weekend. So we had a lot of people who didn't know about it in advance, just walking around and saw it. Someone actually even threw a birthday party, and our community event happened to be at the park. So, you know, they got to enjoy their party a little bit, you know, better. Um, but, yeah, 150 people came out. Lots of fun. We had um, also a s- from Sun Network, Grace Point, OSU. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all really. their staff came out and helped as well, and that was awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah. Cool. Oh, Will Wu and his crew. Will Wu and, Will his, Will crew. Wu and his crew. <laughs> I love those guys. That's awesome. Yeah, they're yeah. great. Well, let's, we'll go ahead and get started kind of in the, the meat of the podcast. Why don't you start off by just telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Um, so Isaac and I have been in Columbus for six years. We met in Korea. I spent half of my life in Korea, so okay. I would consider myself very bicultural. Mm. Um, and Korean media is really just, you know, picking up yeah. popularity around the world, so it's a good time to be a Korean. Okay, K-pop. Um, K-pop and, yeah, movies and yeah. TV Wasn't shows. Uh, what's that TV show that just came out? Netflix, uh, Squid yeah, Squid Game. Games, yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. really popular. It is. I wouldn't recommend it to our listeners. <laughs> it's very violent and gory. Have so you watched I it? I have. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you sure you wouldn't recommend it? <laughs> we can talk about it after. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Korean American. Um, I've been in Columbus. I do communications for work at Nationwide, but. Yeah. Um, plant churches, mm-hmm. or a church with my husband yeah. uh, during the pandemic. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We have a four-year-old, Sheppy, speaking of Koreans. He said last night as we're eating some Korean food, he said, if you eat a lot of Korean food, you become Korean. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't know that he is Korean. Yeah. 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 Aww. <laughs> Even Aww, though we keep telling sweet. him. Yeah. He's a sweet guy. He is. He's fun. He's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, most of my days are spent working um, in the morning and afternoons, discipling people, church planting. And um, I'm also a board member at a local uh, nonprofit organization called She Has a Name. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. So that's another big part of what I do. Um, I just love meeting people. I love people. Um, And I love being in bear costumes. (laughs) (laughs) It helps you meet people. Yeah. Or drive them away. Well, either, you know, one or either. Yeah. So you, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on today, lots of reasons we wanted to talk to you, but, um, we love what you guys are doing. We really do thankful that God's, uh, got you in Columbus, but also as a part of Send Network, we got connected through Daniel Eam, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. when he was in town in Columbus and he said to Dean and I, you should meet with this guy named Isaac. And we met with Isaac and then got connected. It was are. really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was... No it silver w- bullets, right? It, yeah, it felt kind of random in some ways, like just, hey, off the cuff, but uh, it was really cool. Um, but you guys have been, just from day one, you know, you had the online presence, which was great, but you also, you guys have been doing a lot of in-person work, maybe not with church gatherings during COVID, but a lot of work of your church through She Has a Name and other organizations of just serving, loving people, serving the community, um, which has just been really amazing to, to watch you guys. And so that's, that's primarily, we want to talk to you about is just your, your passion for uh, people and for justice. And so talk to us about why you guys value that and why that's such a big part of what you do. Yeah. Um, so we were first exposed to uh, the theme of human trafficking um, over 10 years ago. Now this is back in Korea. Mm. So that's when Isaac and I first met um, at an English ministry in Korea, and we were exposed to this concept of trafficking humans. And And our church did a lot of work to fight human trafficking in Korea, and that's where we really developed the heart, um, heart of justice and understanding that God really cares about this issue. He really cares about justice. And you read that over and over again. I think the word justice is... Um, you see it over 200 times in the Bible, and I know repetition isn't the only way to, you know, note that something is important, but you also see God speaking about justice, um, just about how much he loves justice. He He hates people who pervert justice, and he said this from beginning and, and through Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more we got to know the heart of God, we knew that God cared about justice. He cared about, he cares, he cares about taking care of the weak, the poor, the vulnerable. And these are the people who are typically trafficked. Mm. So that's why justice is just so important to us, me and Isaac. And we were, we're you know, really trickling that, that heart down to our congregation. Um, so during COVID, um, since we're meeting only online, we had lots of time and just, we, our church was able to go deeper, dig deeper um, and, and just, just go deeper and, and be grounded. And, and we were asking ourselves, what issue do we care about? What issue do we want to um, just really dig deep into it from the root of our church? And, and Isaac and I said, it's going to be justice. God revealed mm-hmm. to us his heart 10 years ago, and we may have just um, not have, haven't done much about it throughout the last, I don't know, six years, but I think God's bringing us back. Mm-hmm. Um because we weren't having these community parties. We weren't meeting people all the time. We had time to focus on justice. So that's when we actually really started partnering with local organizations and, and partnered with She Has a Name um, and started um, allowing our church members to also gain that heart of justice. So yeah, it started in the pandemic. If it wasn't for the pandemic, I would probably in a bear costume every Sunday. <laughs> That's not a bad thing, but we would have just done the church thing. You know, mm. we would have just done the the community event wow. thing. Yeah. And then when we have, you know, a bigger body, we would have been like, "All right, now let's focus on the things mm. that matter." But yeah, we were able to reverse that order. So yeah. we're really grateful. Um, yeah. So the pandemic which is in, in your mind, crushing your hopes of launching a church, because you're supposed to have a preview service the week of the shutdown, yeah. yep. mm-hmm. all of a sudden becomes this catalyst for you to kind of get outside the walls, and, mm-hmm. yeah, which is really, really neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really cool. And 
I feel like 2020 pandemic really has brought a lot of need for justice to the surface. Absolutely, and yeah. I feel like we're seeing more and more churches and pastors um, take seriously that cause for justice in ways that maybe we haven't in years previously. So that really excites me. Yeah. Um, so Chroma is partnered with She Has a Name, which you kind of mentioned a little bit. Um, I, a lot of people might not know about how big of a crisis it really is in Columbus. So can you just share a little bit about She Has a Name and the crisis of human trafficking in our city? Of course. Um, so She Has a Name is a nonprofit organization, and we um, are a community that fights human trafficking through education, advocacy, and care. And I can explain a little bit more later about that. Um, but uh, human trafficking, just the documented cases, the calls that come into the human trafficking hotline. Um, Ohio is top 10 in all those areas. Um, the number that is documented, you know, the calls that come in. But of oh. course, this is what is documented. We just don't know what goes outside what's documented, right? Mm -hmm. So it's it's top 10 and, and it's... Um, probably because Ohio is so central mm. um, in North America. Mm. Um, and uh, just recently um, in the news, you probably saw we had one of the, the biggest arrests mm. of um, about near 200 arrests of wow. buyers, um, perpetrators. Um, so it's, it's good. It's really encouraging to know that we are cracking down on this um, crime um, and it's, getting noticed in media and the community is recognizing that this is something that we have to do something about. Um, now she has a name. I talked about education, advocacy, and care. So we do um, basic human trafficking training. We do labor trafficking training. Um, we also do um, online learning. We just released an online learning platform so anybody can go in and just learn what is human trafficking what is mm. it about and we just developed that so and that's on the website that is mm -hmm. nice. that's on the website what is the website just while we're talking she about. has a name.org okay yeah, yeah. Go, difficult go one there difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah hard yeah. to find can you spell really? it <laughs> 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 all right great um, uh and also trauma response care so that's mm. the portion mm. um and of education and and we are growing education uh, educating as well and and how are we being advocates? We are at the state house. We're providing expert testimony and, and just witness testimonies to combat human trafficking. So um, we are doing everything we can to reduce punishment for the survivors of human trafficking, but increase pun punishment for perpetrators so that we can decrease the demand. Mm. Um, mm. And then care. Um, this is my favorite part. Um, and this is we provide care for survivors, people who are just fresh um, leaving uh, uh, prostitution or any trafficking scene, and also thrivers. These are people who have um, been sober for many years, and now they're looking for further education. They're looking to uh, reintegrate into society, and, and we have groups um, who, who care for them, who support them. We provide scholarships, and also we, um, this is something that I also love. We have um, a support group for solicitors as well, and this mm -hmm. is something that it is the heart of Jesus, right? Je mm -hmm. Heart of Jesus. Jesus just didn't die for those who are um, um, the victims of human trafficking per mm -hmm. se, but he also died. I know. I know this is a really hard one to swallow for a sw to swallow for a lot of people, but he died for everybody. The perpetrators, mm -hmm. the solicitors, we're all broken. Mm -hmm. um, 
So we have a support group for the solicitors as well. Those who are willing, these men who would meet together and just grow together, I think it's a really beautiful image of restoration and redemption. That's great. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing all that. Um, I love the idea of kind of this holistic approach, you know, because the care is a huge part of that. But I can see how education and awareness and the need to kind of help people get aware. Because, I mean, when you said the top top 10, that was pretty shocking to me. So, yeah. yeah, so getting, I mean, Columbus is the, I think, 14th largest city in the U.S. So it is a big city. So it's not too far uh, from where it would be in that position, uh, being 14th and then being 10th. But still, that's a lot more than I, I would have imagined. And I think human trafficking, at least for me, it's not something that's easily seen on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um it, 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 it's something that's very underground that in your day-to-day life, you just don't see the effects of it. You know, you can see the effects of a lot of particular things in culture that are hurting culture, but it's hard to see. What, why is it that it's so hard to notice and it's so underground? And how, do you, how, does it, how is it kept so secretive? Yeah, I think maybe if we're seeing human trafficking as, um, like, it's a big kidnapping scene. What is that? Mm movie taken yes yes thank you jason <laughs> oh, and i Liam think that's Neeson. Yes. <laughs> maggie grace who's in that movie is from worthington oh, oh wow how okay. about that? the one that okay. gets taken so yeah okay wow yeah that's learn something new every day don't I you? Do. Yeah. <laughs> she came to my school the last day of sixth grade and she was on lost at the time and oh she nice my yearbook there you go i was in love with her so, oh. <laughs> so it's like taken. Yeah, keep yeah. going. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you knew the answer right away. Um, yeah, it's not like taken. Okay. So yeah. um, I think that's how we see it. We see mm-hmm. this, you know, mom, this, you know, coming and just kidnapping girls and taking them away. Mm. And, and that's not what human trafficking is about. Mm. Um, and I think it is really uncomfortable when we uncover and discover that it's really tied to consumerism. It's tied to greed. I mean, we all like sale. We all love cheap things. We want more, right? More bang for the buck. But we just um, don't want to recognize that these uh, these feelings of a spirit of greed and, and selfishness, more for me, more for my family, is ultimately what is leading to take away someone's freedom to gain profit. Mm. Um, so I think it, it is all around us. Prostitution is all around us. If you look at um, the arrests of the almost 200 arrests that recently happened this month, you'll see that the people who got arrested, these buyers um, of prostitution, were not just people that you typically think as bad people. Mm. These were government officials, uh, firefighters, teachers, right? These And these could be your neighbors. They're and us, I think in other words. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And, and I think it gets uncomfortable for us to admit that it's me. It's my greed leading to my neighbor to be trafficked. Mm. You know, this neighbor who might not be you know, your physical uh, neighbor, but your brother or sister who is getting trafficked, who is getting sucked into this system of human trafficking, it's very uncomfortable for us to admit that. Um, But it is really everywhere. It is all around us. And if you go into just 
uh, learning about labor trafficking as well. Yeah. It's very, very complicated, yeah. right? And I've heard so many people who come out of training and say, it's so complicated, I don't mm. even know where to start, I'm just going to not think about it. Because, yeah. yeah, you can you can get really, um, yeah, just spun around in that whole um, circle of, you know, human trafficking, because it's an international problem, and then you start to think, like, it's too big for me, I don't even want to deal with mm. it. Um, so, yeah, it, it is really everywhere. Um, it's not super hidden. Um, so could you give us a tangible example, obviously, without going into detail, but would it be helpful to for everybody who's listening to know kind of how does it happen? How does someone get trafficked? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I know there's a probably a lot of ways, but maybe yes. a tangible way. Lots of ways. I'll give more of a local example. Okay. Um, there are cases like taken as well and happens um, in, in places, but it happens, I, I believe it happens really in the heart of the vulnerable. When you need something, when you need that support, when you need that money, and somebody comes to you and says, let me help you. I can uh, provide a way for you to make a living. And, and that's how they get this individual, this vulnerable individual, to um, get into this business of human trafficking. Mm. And in, in the suburbs here, it happens to a lot to teenage girls. They mm. are approached by men or boys mm. um, who they would meet in social media using mm. their phones, and then they would just have casual conversations, and sometimes they would ask them out on dates, and they will start dating. And then after so many weeks and months, you are um, just sucked into the system of human trafficking, and then before you know it, your boyfriend is the one who's trafficking you. And I know this this um, really uh, can bring heavy concerns to parents, yeah. and, yeah. and I, I know I've talked to so many parents who are like, what are we going to do with our daughters? Well... Yeah, uh, this smartphone, social media—it's you, your daughters, your your kids can open it up and um, get connected to anybody virtually, mm-hmm. right? Anybody around the world. Um, and and I'm not here to put fear in anybody, uh, any of the parents, but this is the reality. Um, but these um, perpetrators will strategically attack those who are weak, mm-hmm. those who are vulnerable, those who Jesus really, really cares about, right? Those who Jesus um, spent time with when he was doing his ministry here on earth. Um, and yeah, there are perpetrators who are out to get them. Um, so, so it's... Hannah, as part of the education around that social media and how to use social media safely and things like that, is, is that part of that or... Um, that is not... Okay, it's not, not your lane, but... Yeah, but we're not... We, we've been getting so many questions because mm. this is a question that comes up every time we have mm. training. Um, so not specifically on that, mm. but yes, it's probably something that we will touch on in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you guys... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. If you no, 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 that's good. Okay. How, do you, how, do you, uh, how do you guys get connected to these um, victims typically? Yeah, so there are lots of organizations who work directly with these victims. Um, now, how do these victims get connected to these organizations? It's probably... Um, the next question, it's, um, so we really believe in all these organizations that we partner with, as she has a name, we believe in, in freedom. We believe that people need to make the choice. We wish we can go out there on the street and, mm. and, and talk to the prostitutes and just rescue them, grab them in our arms and say, come, we'll help you. But we just can't do that. They have to make the choice on their own. So we're out there um, just 
exposure, constant exposure, letting them know the hotline, giving them cards. Here's a number that you can call when you feel like you just want to leave. Um, and then after a year or so, um, they will contact someone who works in an organization and they will um, say, I need help. I need to leave. Help me. And so they would be in contact and they would become sober. And then there are um, Ohio or Columbus is one of the cities that um, is really recognized for all these anti-human trafficking organizations collaborating well, working together. So not one organization can do everything from beginning to end uh, the um, of a survivor, right? To help them escape um, the sex trafficking industry and to become a, a thriver. So we really need to partner together. So how do I meet them? Through the organizations that work directly with them. Now she has a name. Uh, we partner with closely with um, Lower Lights, mm -hmm. Freedom a la carte, um, and just so many other organizations, Sanctuary Night, um, and these organizations um, allow us to go and have Bible studies with them, with some of the ladies. And, and that's how I have a relationship with some of the ladies at um, Lower Lights, um, our biweekly Bible study. But yeah, if you, anybody, any of our listeners um, is interested um, in working directly, and if they feel like this is my calling, I, I want to work directly with survivors of human trafficking, there are lots of organizations, and if you go to sheasaname.org, mm -hmm. you can find our partners, and um, as long as you do the training and you are ready to respond to trauma, um, you should be fully equipped to work with anybody. So is that, is that what um, you guys typically do with Chroma, is work with the, the care side of it, or what all, what all does Chroma do, and then what what all can churches, I guess, be involved in at She Has a Name? Yeah, that's... That's a great question, because like I said earlier, it, it can be overwhelming. And I've met so many church leaders who say, like, what can I do? It's just such a big, right. evil business. Um, mm. Really, prayer. If, if you believe that this is a spiritual issue, um, which I believe, I believe that, you know, spirit of greed and, and, and selfishness, um, this is all something, you know, only Jesus um, can solve. So then we just need to pray. Um, at Chroma, what we currently do is, yes, we do the biweekly Bible study, and then we go out um, to uh, the women in the, the transition home at Lower Lights. Um, we provide Bible study for them, but we also volunteer. There's lots of volunteer opportunities that she has a name. You can volunteer um, at one of the um, educations, the in-person ones. There's lots of things you can do to help set up, facilitate, um, and also... Um, Give financially. That's a big one as well. Um, and volunteering is not limited to just she has a name, but I know that Freedom a la Carte is constantly looking for volunteers, and they um, hire survivors of human, human, tra human trafficking to prepare food, and I'm sure uh, many of our listeners have had their food. It's very delicious, mm. um, their catered food. Um, and, yeah, they are always looking for drivers, mentors, um, and if you really want to work directly and you want to make an impact directly to the survivors, then you can go work with them at Sanctuary Night where they have a drop-in center and now they're increasing their drop-in center to 24 hours, which is really great. And they also really believe in prayer. Um, so if you are um, a prayer warrior, 
you can always go and just sit with the women. I think that's the best thing. Mm. Sit with them. Just listen to them. And also inside, if you're always praying and you know that the Lord is doing something in this spiritual atmosphere, I think it's always uh, a great thing. Um, yeah, but I can't yeah, overemphasize this, and it's really just prayer. And if you have anybody at your church who is aware of this issue and has a big heart for it, and you'll know. I think these people are usually very vocal. I know, at least I am vocal about it, about justice and, you know, anti-human trafficking, talk to them if you're a church leader. Talk to them because, you know, waiting for a whole church to get on board might be really slow, and you might never get started, actually, if you're waiting for everybody to get on board. But if we have a handful of people, even just one person who has a heart for it, is aware of this issue, talk to them and, and just ask them, hey, do you want to start a prayer meeting to pray over this issue in Columbus, you know how bad it is, how serious it is in Columbus. Do you want to just gather with one or two people and pray? Start there, and it's you'll be amazed how the Lord opens doors. That's how I started. I just um, tackled one organization. She has a name. I loved their vision. I loved what they do. So after I said, okay, I'm, what do you want me to do? They said, well, we need someone to bring food every other week um, to lower lights during Bible study. And I said, I'm on it. Um, mm -hmm. So I started doing that, and now God opened doors to just so many more opportunities. I don't, I personally don't have time to do them all, handle them all, and we are a, a still a small church, and we don't have enough people at our church to do all the work that um, is being asked to do by she as a name and our partners. So just starting with prayer and ask God to open doors for you, he will, because as I said, it is really, the heart of justice is at the core of God's throne room. He cares deeply about this. As we knock and seek for the things that God cares about, he will give it to you. He will answer your prayers. Yeah. Well, Hannah, thank you so much for sharing. Just, I, I love that, how personally involved that you guys are and how you're, you're really leading in the city, uh, especially in the, in our network around, around just justice and loving people and you know, a lot of people talk about loving people, but you guys are, are doing that and doing that really well. So thankful for your heart and for your passion. And then just for painting a vision, if people want to get involved, how they get involved, what, what would be some practical next steps? I know you said pray, go to She Has a Name. Is there like a volunteer way to register or whatever if they're interested? Or Yes. Okay. Um, I would just recommend... Yeah, go to sheasaname.org. Um, there are ways to volunteer, but okay. if you haven't done any of the training, I highly recommend you take the training. Okay. I know, again, it's going to be overwhelming, but I think it's important that we understand the reality of human trafficking before um, we see it as yeah. the movie Taken, right? So right. <laughs> I highly recommend um, you to take the training. Um, and they after the training, they give you next steps. They give Great. you partner organizations. Um, yeah, and want to contact me <laughs> you can contact me too i love you know having coffee talking about this i may over talk during the conversation but <laughs> if you want to listen to everything that i've been doing and you want to do exactly what i do and even more um as a believer um, as a follower of christ uh, i want to talk to you thank you well, thanks again for being with us thank you for that super awesome valuable information we're grateful to have you on the podcast Oh, thank you for having me. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. 
And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.